Our next storyteller. Next storyteller. Your next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Hello and welcome to The Narrators. This podcast collects stories from our live events where people share true stories based on a theme. Your next storyteller is Carla Rodriguez. Carla's story is a throwback to 2015. Remember back in the days before social distancing when we get all snuggled up together at Bumport Theater? Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, a lot has happened to Carla since then. She moved to New York City. She got hitched. She's become a proud mom of two, all while slaying dragons as a corporate social responsibility expert in the film industry and beyond. But her story, man, it feels just like it could have happened yesterday. Hope you enjoy. The theme of the show was Take a Hike. Hi. It is really bright up here. Wow. Well, I have another um, scary story for you tonight because it's about a teenage girl, me, and teenage girls are terrifying, which you probably know that if you were one. Um, So I have to be really honest, um, I really struggled with the theme this time. Take a hike, just all I could think of was like a Hallmark card over and over again. Um, And I love hiking, don't get me wrong, the only issue is that the most exciting thing that happens on a hike for me is that I spend about seven hours worried that a bug is going to murder me. So um, maybe sometime I'll tell you guys about the time that I bug bombed my own car, but um, that's for another episode of uh, The Narrators. So anyways, tonight, bear with me here. So I'm taking the the theme pretty liberally, um, and my version of it I'd like to call Take a Hike to the Face. Um, so it's inspired by, have you guys seen that Brady Bunch episode, uh, where Marsha gets hit in the face with the football? So if you don't know it, long story short, uh, Marsha Brady is like the hottie of the Brady family, and she has a date with Charlie, and oh my god, her life is so terrible, because then another guy asks her out on a date too, So she decides she's going to tell Charlie that something suddenly came up, because she's a bitch. Um, (laughs) But don't worry, because, you know, fate comes right around and gives her one when she goes outside to tell her brother's dinner is ready, and she takes a running pass right to the face. So then she tells Doug, you know, she sees Doug, the new guy, and he decides, because she looks like a horrible normal person, that something suddenly came up for Doug, too. Now, for me, the football field wasn't uh, the Brady's backyard. For me, the football field was um, the Ogden Theater. Now, when I was a junior in high school, I fancied myself a little punk rock kid, um, (laughs) which now is funny because my life basically consisted of uh, going to shows, ditching school, and playing tennis and listening to musicals all the time. So I don't know how like punk rock that is. But um, so one day after like a really excruciating day of being sick at home watching Ricky Lake and Jenny Jones all day long, um, my friends, one of whom is here tonight, uh, called me up and said that they were going to go to a show at the Ogden. And I was like, well, yeah, hell yeah, I'll go. And um, I just won't tell my mom what I'm doing. Who cares? So um, I went out with some friends, go to the show, and um, to this day, like this is a weird complex that I still have from when I thought I was so punk rock when I was a kid. I will insist that I was not there for the headliner. I was there for the opener. Um, (laughs) 
This was, the opener was a band called The Hippos, um, and the headliner was MXPX. Um, yeah, still not the like most punk rock thing in the world. Um, sorry, yeah. But, uh, so anyways, the show starts. The Hippos are awesome. I'm like pounced around all over the place, and um, their set ends. I am just like happy, bruised elbows. I've lost like five pounds of sweat, which was like, if, if you go to a lot of shows like that, that's like your way of showing your devotion to the band is like how much sweat you can lose by the time their, their set's over. So, so it was awesome. And then <laughs> MXPX comes on and I made a, like such an amateur mistake. I, I decided to try to find my friends. I turn around and I face the like lovely little circle pit that um, has started up in the Ogden. And yeah, if you don't know much about these, there are a lot of elbows involved in circle pit, a lot. And if you're tall, the worst thing that's gonna happen is probably like a bruised shoulder. Maybe you'll take one to the neck. But if you're about five foot five, like me, this is a fun fact, um, you're actually at the perfect elbow to nose contact point. So I turn around, I see my friends, I give them like a really great like thumbs up, like, yeah guys, so awesome. When bam, like right before that next power cord strikes, I just get whacked right in the face by an elbow. That stupid smile gets wiped off my face. And next thing I remember, I have my hands over my face and some kid, this like adorable kid in a Dave Matthews band t-shirt, um, is asking me if I'm okay in front of like hundreds of people. This is like, this is like devastation for like a 16 year old wannabe punk rock kid, okay? The Dave Matthews band kid is handling the pit better than I am right now. <laughs> So I, so I take my hands down, and from the, the waterfall of blood that's projecting from my face, it becomes pretty clear that I'm not okay. Um, so I get, I get taken up off stage where I can see that all these poor bystanders are just like covered in blood. They have no idea. Um, I'm sorry if you were at that show and you like went home and found a stranger's blood. I'm totally clean, I promise. But so I get escorted out the back door, and to like my sheer devastation, the entire the hippos are like all outside, and I was in love with like half of them, so this was like utterly traumatizing for me. And fun fact: if you are under 18 and you get injured at a concert, you are required to take the ambulance to Denver General. <laughs> So this is the point where I start crying, and not because I'm in excruciating pain, which would be normal, but because I know that my mom is going to kill me now when she gets the ambulance bill. Um, I get to Denver General, they must have been in between shifts or something, because it was like a clown car of like doctors rolling in and out, and I never, I never got any ice or pain meds or anything, and then all of a sudden they're like, great, you can go home now. Um, and also a cop walked by me and did a double take and asked me what happened, which my, I didn't have my glasses at that point, and you know how terrifying it is to have a cop at Denver General ask you what happened to you? Like, <laughs> they see some shit, man. Like, um, 
So, so I go home. My mom does kill me, but luckily I'm a teenage girl and I'm like part vampire, so I live. Um, and we were like, teenage girls are seriously like the undead. Like, don't fuck with them. Um, and the next day I wake up and there's like something in my eye. And um, it was my face. Um, <laughs> uh, it, like, it was so bad that when I went to Target to get my new glasses, I, I like, no shit, made this little girl start screaming. Um, so I go to school, and now keep in mind that I was, I was really ill, right, the day that this happened. <laughs> So I couldn't tell them what really happened, so my dumbass decides that the most logical story is that my mom's boyfriend accidentally opened the refrigerator door on my face. So then it took until college for me to like figure out why I was going to mandatory counseling sessions every week <laughs> after that. Um, <laughs> My mom and I also decided to hide it from my dad, which worked for a while. We told them that I got um, hit at tennis practice until he, got, he actually got the bill for the ambulance. And you may not know it, but there are no tennis courts on Colfax and Ogden. <laughs> so um, anyhow, the moral of the story is, Besides being like, you know, an evil teenage girl like Marsha Brady, um, I also learned a very valuable lesson that she also learned, which is that how bad it is to, to participate in the art of deception. Um, because, you know, if you, if you, it's not nice to ditch someone for a better date, because uh, you're going to get a football to the face. And it's not good to ditch school all the time to watch Ricky Lake, because you could end up on Ricky Lake. Um, if that's even still on. Um, but if you are going to do it, um, might I just suggest a few things. Um, if you're going to ditch someone for a date, don't, you know, don't use a, like a tired line like something's come up. And if you're going to like lie to school about where you are, don't fabricate some weird pseudo-abuse story because that doesn't go over very well. And also, you might want to think about investing in like a hockey mask or something for shows. So, thank you. The Narrators is produced by me, Ron Doyle, and Aaron Rollman, with help from Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, Scott Carney, and Sydney Crane. Jesse edited this episode. Special thanks to all of our sponsors, Bumport Theater Company, Illegal Pete's, From the Photo, and Great Divide Brewing Company. Our theme music is by Whalehawk, and we'd also like to thank the Denver band Short Shorts, who provided the outro music you're listening to right now. You can find a link to their music in the show notes for this episode. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at our website, thenarrators.org. If you like this story, please take a moment to share it with a friend, leave a review, or reach out to us. Our live shows take place every third Wednesday of the month, and we have been hosting them virtually during the pandemic, so please join us if you can. Stay safe, stay healthy, fight hard, and thank you for listening. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs>